Stephanie, come on up here if you would. Stephanie Dillon is uh, director of Awake Ministries uh, here in Shelbyville. That's a very um, uh, diverse type of ministry. It, it, it ministers those with addictions. It has uh, both a, a men's and women's a residential in-house uh, ministry program there. They minister through Serenity Center to the uh, veterans, to those who are hurting uh, financially with food uh, insecurities and so forth. It's just a, it's a very large, impacting ministry. And I want to say thank you for giving of yourself because uh, leadership is not easy, and uh, that is a, a, a super challenging area that you do, and you give of your strengths and abilities and give your best, and we're so grateful for that, Stephanie. Thank you. This is um, an unusual, perhaps, Mother's Day for her in, in the sense of uh, she, her husband, Todd, is an uh, Army pilot. He's in Kuwait right now. Her daughter, Sydney, is uh, in the Navy and in Hawaii right now. And then um, some of you have seen her, uh, her twins, Lorenzo and James. And so they're here with you. So that's great. But I know her heart is missing her other family. And she is an Army veteran as well. So thank you for being here and serving our country in this way. Let's just give her a big hand of, of serving us and being willing to be here today. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you are working through Stephanie today. We ask that our ears would be open to your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit, Lord. Uh, not only putting seeds in our heart, but, Lord, that you water seeds, that it grows, that we bear fruit, that this day will be a day of transformation. Uh, Bless her, she gives, her and her family, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, I was wrestling children over there, so is my microphone okay? (laughs) There were a couple times I was like, oh, gosh, okay. All right, amen, amen. Well, it's an honor to be here. Among you today, Living Waters, I want to honor uh, Pastor Riley. I just um, am just very, very uh, pleased to be here. Uh, It's an exciting time, and I've heard a few things already this morning that I can tell that what God put on my heart to share today um, is something that, of course, he's doing in the body at large, but it's, it's something he's doing here. And so that's very encouraging for me to hear Uh, as I get up here to share this with you, because uh, I do just desire to be a vessel of the Lord. I desire to share with you about myself today a little bit and what I do at Awake Ministries, but there's also a message that is tied into that. Uh, I definitely honor all the mothers today. I honor my mother that's here, that little lady right there. Wave your hand. I always get people that say, that's your mom, that, well, normally they think she's my sister, which, you know, God be the glory, because I've got good genes, yes, Uh, that means I have them too, right, Uh, but also because I'm such an Amazon, and she's like this little bitty person, and so I have to tell people, well, I wasn't six feet tall when I was born, you know, like, how did your mother birth you while I was a baby, okay, I was a baby, so, but I do bless her for that. Um, because she is amazing, and God chose her as the vessel to uh, give me life. So thank God for that. Um, uh, Just a little bit about myself. I am from Shelby County, so go Rockets. Any? any, Okay, there we go. Very good. Um, So it's it's good to be back, like Pastor Riley uh, shared a little bit ago. Uh, I've been traveling around a lot since I graduated. I was uh, in the Army myself in Germany, and then I married a service member and became the the Army wife, and uh, now I'm a Navy mom, and that's pretty wild. That's like next level because I have a husband who's in service. I got used to that, as used to it as I could, but to have your child, as you know, uh, serving, that's... And that's that's a little different story. So extra time on my knees. Appreciate your prayers. I do have some pictures because I love to brag on my family. Here's my husband. Um, this guy right here. His name is Todd, um, and he is at in Kuwait right now. His fifth deployment. His fourth since we've been married, and so just appreciate his strength. 
Uh, I appreciate his dedication to our family and our country. This is my daughter. And the Navy, uh, you know, you get to live on the beach. So that's why she is like 10 shades darker than most of the other family. Uh, You know, somebody has to do it. Might as well be her, right? Uh, She is blessed. She's been in the Navy for a year now and now stationed in Hawaii. We hope to go see her very soon. And my twin boys, my uh, wonderful, our wonderful adoption story. Maybe I'll get to share that with you one day. But uh, my life has not been the same. Uh, None of our lives have been. Um, And it is just a blessing. Uh, Children are a blessing from the Lord. Amen? Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right. My husband is navigating retirement after this deployment, so thank God for that, and that's how we are able to start moving back to Shelby County. We've decided that we are going to plant roots here to be close to family, uh, to be in this community, serving this community. Really excited just about being back. So, uh, yes, I am the director of Awake Ministries. It is a faith-based recovery center here in Shelby County. It's, it's residential, so people come and they live there. We, we get people one of two different ways. They either walk in voluntarily, or a lot of times they come through the court system, so they've been in jail, and their options are, well, you're facing jail time, or you're going to go into a recovery program. And so, you know, it's, it's not lost on me what an opportunity we have when people are at the end of themselves and ready for something different. And a lot of them don't even know what's about to hit them. (laughs) But I've seen people come in and say, you know, I'm just here to be out of jail. I'm an atheist. I have, you know, say what you want, but I'm just, you know, passing time. Thank you very much. And some of those people are the most radically saved individuals that I have ever seen. It is awesome. It's such a privilege, such, such an awesome, awesome opportunity. But in essence, we, you know, we see ourselves as obstacle removers for people. People get obstacles in their lives that create habits, that create addiction, that create issues. And what we want to do through th- three main areas is to remove those obstacles out of their way so that they can see that God has a plan for you. God has purpose for you, and this is the way, walk in it, all right? And so it's, it's fun. It's fun to see people have hope again. It's fun to see their countenance change. It's such a blessing uh, just to see them, like, truly smile and learn how to have fun and have joy, you know, with, without the world's way of saying, hey, this is fun. This is what you do. All right? It's incredible. It's incredible. So um, we help people. We have a spiritual component, of course. We do the 12 steps of recovery, of inner healing and deliverance, and then uh, discipleship, heavy on discipleship. We also have an educational component because many of the people that come through do not have GED, uh, did not finish high school, or they just need a good refresher. They need to get those, those brain cells firing again. And, uh, and so we help them to that end. We do financial literacy with our people, which is very, very helpful, and uh, some career readiness sort of stuff, how to build a resume, how to interview, how to talk to lapses in employment um, when they were out in the madness, so to speak. That's what they say. The mad- that's what they call it, the madness. And that makes sense, right? Madness. Um, so, and then the last thing that we have is a community component because we know that we need people. We need people. We need church family, yes, um, but we also need just to learn how to be a part of a larger community and how to serve outside of ourselves. And so we do service projects, and we're not just here to receive, but also to serve and to be a help to our community, and that's what we do. Um, And as Pastor was saying, we also have the largest food bank in our region. I don't talk about that as much as I probably should. I'm really um, very passionate about the recovery aspect. But um, we serve over, it's probably over 10,000 people a month now, I believe, the last few months. 
I'll repeat that, over 10,000 people a month are getting food from the Serenity Center. And these are numbers we have never seen before because of inflation. I don't have to tell you guys that. Um, Because of inflation and because of things like that. So uh, we're seeing that. The other part of that is the backpack program, which is a food supplement for identified children. There's about 400 children in the Shelby County school system that have been identified as probably not having food when they go home from school. So anytime they're not in school, they have food, and we make sure that they do. So that's Awake Ministries in a nutshell and what we are doing. We appreciate your support, your care, your prayer. I know that you fervently pray for us, and we really appreciate that. So recently, I had someone ask me a question, and it just made me start thinking because, uh, I don't know, I was just interested in asking the Lord the answer to that question. But the two questions that they asked me, I'm a fairly new director at Awake Ministries. I've only been there since, like, the beginning of last fall. Um, But I've been involved in various capacities for about five years um, as a volunteer, as a teacher, as a uh, fundraising person, uh, that sort of thing. And so, but I got hired as director last fall. And so they asked, how did you get hired as director? And what sort of things qualified you for that job? And this person knows me, so I felt like they were kind of judging or something. I was like, well... Um, so, you know, I just, you know, I gave my a quick answer then, but if I'm being honest, that question did take me back a little bit because in the natural and maybe even on paper, I don't know that I'm the most qualified person, uh, to be running a faith-based nonprofit organization. I'm definitely not the most polished of people, but people are helping me and, and, and I try my best to be on my best behavior. Uh, so, but in my meditation on this question, I, I uncovered a message today uh, that I would like to share with you. And so the first question then I want to talk about is, how was I hired? And I want to tell you about something that happened six years ago, about six years ago. Uh, the first time, after the first time I ever taught at Awake. So my mom actually used to be the director there. Uh, She still works there. And uh, she would call me every once in a while and say, do you want to come in and teach a class? And I said, yeah, I'd love to do that. And so a lot of times there are various things that pop up that need addressing, and and we want to do that from a biblical perspective and and really, you know, challenge people and and disciple them. This time it happened to be uh, about cell phone, the trap of cell phone usage. (laughs) That'll preach. All right. Once people get to a certain phase in recovery, they get to have their phone privilege again because they're working and that sort of thing. And it telling you what, as soon as they get that phone, it's like a switch is flipped. It's, it's a trap. It really is. So anyway, I was going in to talk about that. And so This was the topic. I don't think it was anything like, you know, super, super duper spiritual, you know, or anything like that. I I come home. We were at Fort Knox at the time, and and I'm I'm in my kitchen. I'm probably washing dishes or bottles or something like that. Uh, Again, not anything super spiritual. And all of a sudden, I feel the presence of God around me, and I'm like, whoa. Yes, Lord. Yeah, has that ever happened to you? And I heard the Lord say that he wanted me to begin to pray his vision for Awake Ministries. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And I took that to heart. And so I began praying that his will would start to be made manifest. I know part of that will that I want to share with you is that Awake Ministries would not just help people break free from addiction. That's just one part. The next thing that he really wanted and that, and that God desires is for the next generation of ministers to come out of that place. They can reach people 
that you and I might not necessarily be able to reach. Amen? And so I began to pray, and I began to pray for my mom, and I began to pray for the director, other directors, and the volunteers, and, and, and just that, that that would begin to take place and be established in the earth. And so when I was asked that question, I was kind of taken back to that time, and I was like, oh my goodness, I was praying for myself and didn't even know it. Sometimes we are the answer to the prayer that we pray. I'm not saying I'm the answer, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like I was positioning, I was putting things in place. So I would say, how did I get placed there? How did I find myself in that position? Well, God did it through prayer and through his will. So, so that was amazing. I just wanted to share that with you because it's, it's pretty mind-blowing uh, what can happen when we truly begin to plow in prayer for things. So then the, the second question that I was asked for how I got qualified for that, uh, this is where the message gets good because, you know, I don't have a degree in behavioral health or social services or nonprofit management or anything like that. Um, I do have a past. It's not necessarily a recovery story per se, but if I had to say the one thing that the Lord shared with me about what makes you so qualified, it's that I understand the delivering power of God. I understand it. The re- ask me how I know. <laughs> right? The reason I understand it is because I have welcomed and desired his delivering power in my life. And when you're working with people who are stuck in structures and oppressed by powers and are in these cycles that they can't seem to break out of, I can encourage them all day long. Or I can partner with the Holy Spirit and pray down his power to set people free. Right? So, and let me just tell you, no one knows me like God knows me, and the other person that knows me best is me. I have to live with myself every day. I know the struggles that I have. I know those fits that I throw inside that do not please the Lord, (laughs) that aren't necessarily nice. The only way that I can truly be at peace with myself as a leader, as a mother, as a daughter, as a friend, as a wife, is to allow God into those places that do not worship him. We all have places in our life that do not worship the Lord. It's true. It's true. So if I had a message, name, a title for today, it would be that a delivered woman is her family's greatest blessing. But I could also insert men, okay? A delivered man is his family's reward. We could say that for all of us, but I think, um, I think that you were really onto something when you said that women have a special battle. We do. We do. Uh, I believe that's true. I, I see that in recovery work. Uh, we were just having a meeting about, you know, we don't have as much success with women in recovery as we do with men. There's more mental illness. There's more uh, just emotional baggage. There's more uh, trauma. Uh, there's more abuse. There's, there's more of all of those things. Um, and, you know, I thought about going into that as part of this teaching, but I think that, you know, we'll just continue on uh, because what the Lord wants to show us is that the body of Christ needs to normalize deliverance again. It is a weapon of warfare. 
It is a tool for freedom. And really, at its essence, what it is doing is creating space in us to become more like Christ. Um, Isaiah 61. You guys know this. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, you, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to them that are bound. There is a spiritual component to deliverance that does not require a year of biblical counseling. I'm all about biblical counseling. I love it. But I've seen people set free in a dream. I've seen people set free in a moment. And we need to know what is the Lord asking of us when he has charged us with seeing the captive set free and liberty uh, to those that are in spiritual prisons. Uh, you know, a lot of what this comes down to is that there is a, there's a very large lack of good teaching and an abundance of terrible (laughs) representation, showy preachers. I mean, uh, movies. Anybody seen The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Uh, Okay, good. Don't. Um, And so, you know, I think we get this, you know, we have this stereotype in our heads of what it looks like. You know, come out in Jesus' name, you know. It's so dramatic and it's so, you know, over the top and all of this stuff. And when people say deliverance, you kind of like all of a sudden go, eh, like I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. But to deliver in the, in, in the biblical definition, I looked up um, in a concordance, just the translation. Of when we see that word in the Bible, I want you to listen to these words. Rescue remove, release, liberate, salvation, help, safety, victory, escape. This is my favorite one. To be made whole. So good. So good. Many people will say, well, when I was saved, I was also delivered. I've heard that a lot, you know, when I start to speak about deliverance. Yes, you were, because that is your initial salvation. You are saved out of darkness and translated into God's marvelous light. Praise the Lord. You are delivered from eternity separated from him. But you are continually delivered. This is a continual process in your life as you work out your salvation. We must continue in that work. So I have a few points in order for us to embrace deliverance, and then I'm going to go into uh, a few testimonies about my own experiences and, and I hope that, this, that, that, that that helps us. It helps us understand. It helps bring us into a new mindset of what deliverance truly is. So in order to embrace deliverance, number one is we must realize that it is the portion of the believer. If you are saved, then deliverance is your portion. It is God's will for you. I love the chosen. You guys seen the chosen? Uh, some of you have. Well, it, it paints an interesting picture about deliverance because you see that Jesus was with all of the religious leaders. He was with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and these people were full of pride and dead men's bones and uh, just that religious condemning spirit. And Jesus did not deliver them. They very obviously needed deliverance, okay? But Jesus did not do that. He did, however, deliver Mary Magdalene of seven demons. And the fruit 
of that in her life was that she became one of his closest friends and followers. We see the woman at the well. And when Jesus pointed out her sin, she didn't feel condemned, right? She said, I met a man who knows everything about me. And that is how we should feel about the revealing of those things in our life, that he loves us so much that he will not allow us to remain the same. Amen? It is our portion. It is a process. It's a removal of things that the enemy has on us so there is more room in our being, right, to make room for him. One of my favorite scriptures is when Jesus told his disciples, this is in John fourteen thirty. he said, I will not talk to you much longer for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing on me. Oh, I would have loved to see Jesus say that. Like flexing Jesus. Think about that. Did Jesus need deliverance? Jesus is God. The reason why he didn't need it, right, is because he had nothing in common with the devil. Not a thing. I don't want to have anything in common with the devil. <gasps> All right? And, and so that's one of the things that we are going for is that we need to be liberated from those things that have more in common with darkness than with light. Okay, so we need to embrace that it's our portion. And then we need to, the second thing is to embrace deliverance, we need to get over ourselves a little bit. Thinking that we're good, work through this, I got this. Bad days don't last forever. The things that we tell ourselves to diminish our need for his power in our lives. There's no one good, not one. And if you were born, which all of you were, then you need deliverance. There's a very interesting scripture in Psalm 51.5. It says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. What does that mean? Did you know that just like you have genetic, physical DNA that you also have a spiritual DNA. So you're, you're three parts. You are body, you are soul, and you have a spirit. That's how God created every one of us. And we are born with a spiritual DNA that is not chosen for us. It was given to us through our parents, our parents' parents, and our entire lineage. And so that's why... You often see this has great implications for my line of work because almost everyone that comes in, their parents, one, of their, one or both of their parents were also in addiction. And we can look at that and say, okay, we know why that happened, so let's come at it from a spiritual perspective and break it, okay? So if we understand that and we know that, then it means that us that have generational struggles We are not doomed to repeat them. Quite the contrary, just like there can be generational curses, we can break that in our bloodline and establish a generational blessing. And that can be the spiritual DNA that our children walk in. Isn't that exciting? That is so good. Okay, one more thing about embracing deliverance. We need to see it as a gift. I think so many people, when they, when they hear that, it's like, you know, I don't want to be told something's wrong with me or, you know, why do, why do I need that in my life and that sort of thing. That it's, that it's this negative connotation. And it is anything but. God, by his very nature, is 
deliverer. We see that all the way through the word, from the Old Testament into the New. He is the deliverer. Now, would he be deliverer if we didn't need delivering? Anybody? It, it is his gift to us so that we can be free. And then the great news is, I heard this once and it was just like, I just started getting wild about deliverance after that for myself. Anyway, healing is growing. Deliverance is followed by healing and healing is growing. So if we want to grow, yes, we can grow in knowledge of the word. That is blessed. We can grow in our prayer lives. We can grow in our leadership skills and all of those wonderful things. But do you really want to grow in the very depths of your spirit, then I would challenge you to think about and embrace deliverance and healing in your life. So I want to move on to some testimony parts because as I was talking about earlier, um, I feel like this has qualified me uh, in a way for this, for this job uh, here at Awake. And so um, I think it's, in, uh, it's good to know that deliverance isn't just achieved in one way. Like I said before, it doesn't always look the same. So I thank God for that because there are multiple ways that, that we can have his power in our lives. So the first testimony I want to tell you about is actually has a lot to do with me becoming born again in my early 30s. I never really lived for the Lord. I did not have a born-again experience until something happened to me. Um, My husband and I had just been married, and as soon as he was married, or as soon as we were married, uh, he was sent off to Afghanistan for 15 months. I knew what I was signing up for. It's okay. And he even says that about me. It's like, he says, I married you because I knew you'd be a good army wife. I'm like, thank you? Yeah? It's okay. When he retires, I get, it's called an army consolation, or excuse me, army wife consolation prize. I can't wait to show it to you guys. It's going to be awesome and very expensive. Yes, I deserve it. Anyway, so... He gets deployed. And immediately, remember, I'm not saved at this time. Immediately, I began to have this oppression come over me. And fear. And I'm not a fearful person. I, that's just not really my my jam ever. Um, And so, I was having dreams that he was in combat, which he was, but that he was scared that he was crippled, that he was frozen, that he couldn't fight, that he couldn't engage like he was supposed to be. And I was just like, oh, it's terrible. I was running a multi-location small business. My daughter was small at the time, and I was just, like, paralyzed. I was like, okay, this cannot be happening right now. I don't have time for this. This is bad. So out of complete desperation... I called my brother, and my brother at the time was the most passionate Christian that I knew. I could tell he was just different. I wanted what he had, basically. And I was like, listen, this is what's going on. I don't know what to do. And he said, well, I can pray for you. I said, okay. And he prayed for me in that moment on the phone. And it was a prayer that I'd never really heard before, that kind of prayer, that prayer of faith. And he asked me a question, and he said, do you believe God can heal you? I was like, I sure hope so. Like, that was my faith. That's all I had in that moment. Like, I was desperate. I was like, yes, okay, if it'll work, sure. I don't know. But I'm telling you, that little bit, faith in that moment and things began to shift. I wouldn't say I was immediately like boom, oh yay, thank you Lord but in the next two days my vision became clear literal, 
literal vision. Like, things look bright again. And I was like, okay, this is new. And then the next day, I, like, actually had joy. I was able to, you know, get up and be happy to see my daughter and, you know, all of those things. And I immediately started attributing that to that prayer. And I was like, this is the God that I always wanted to know. Always. The one I'd been searching for. In that moment, he delivered me. And that I have been shaking the gates of hell like ever since. So thank God for delivering power, okay? Literally, if it has, had not been, if it had not been for him delivering me, he knew, but he knew, right? Amen. So in that instance, God used prayer. God used prayer to deliver me. So I'd just like to ask you, have you ever invited the power of God into your prayer? Have you ever asked someone to lay hands on you and to break off whatever that stuff is that the enemy is trying to put on you? Have you ever had your head anointed with oil? Because that's what the Bible says to do. Prayer, God uses it to deliver. A second thing, um, testimony that I have about deliverance. So, Again, my early 30s, there was a lot of this going on. Um, I was still working out my salvation. Um, I had such a spirit of rebellion in my life. Uh, From the time I was a teenager all the way up into my 30s. Just, yeah. Just did not want to be told what to do. Did not like authority. Didn't like falling into order. Now, my husband, bless his heart, grew up in a very traditional family where the husband was the head of the household and the woman is loved and supported and equal, but not to be ruling over the man. I didn't like that. (laughs) I didn't like that. And the greatest thing that God ever did through my marriage was to give me a man that would not be ruled over. Believe me, I would throw fits inside. Like, it drove me crazy because I had always called the shots. I had always been in control. I wanted the last say. I wanted to be right. And in that season of my life, this is how I was delivered. James 4, 7. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. I had to submit to God. Submitting to God was submitting to my husband. It was, it was the same thing. And I just had to resist. I just had to keep resisting until whatever that spirit was, that rebellion inside of me, I had to just wrestle it to the ground. I had to let it know that it wasn't going to win. And it didn't. I'm not saying that made my entire marriage roses. We all have things, okay? But I was delivered through that scripture, learning to submit to God and being an obedient person, no matter how bad it ran all over me. Sometimes that's what deliverance looks like. Have you ever just said no to your flesh over and over and wrestled it until it broke off for good? Because God will use that to deliver you. Everybody okay? All right, all right. Third testimony that I want to share about the different ways that God can deliver us. So my first true job after the military was that I ran a yoga and personal training studio. And so again, early 30s, oh God, God was doing some stuff in me, let me tell you, okay? Most days I felt pretty beat up, uh, mostly because of my own fault. But um, I was very, let me just say I was very double-minded, okay? I was practicing new age stuff, not just the yoga business stuff, but other new age practices that I will not um, 
talk about in this room. However, the Lord made it very clear to me that through this, I had opened some doors in my life to some powers, influences that were not good, and it was even, even affecting my child. My child, uh, Sydney, during that time, had severe fear and anxiety, severe. And the Lord showed me that's where it came from. And, you know, had so many people on both sides of my life being like, oh, it's okay, and then other people saying, yeah, you should probably walk away from that. And, and, you know, honestly, I didn't really have the conviction of it to walk away other than just knowing that I did not want it to negatively affect my family. And so in order to be delivered from that then, I had to completely cut ties. I had to walk away. I had to renounce. I had to repent about those things in my life. And then the Lord had me do like a huge cleansing of just things as well. I had books, I had cards, I had stones, I had all this stuff, and it all had to go. And then I even had to get rid of the business, which I I loved. I absolutely loved it. But it it wasn't worth it to not be delivered. And sometimes we have to do it even if we're not desperate for it. And the Lord did the same thing, actually, several years later in my husband regarding Freemasonry. Have you ever cleaned things out of your life, even when maybe you didn't want to, but you did it for the Lord? You are blessed if you did And there are other ways that the Lord has rescued me. I could go on and on. I have cried out to him on the floor. I've been delivered while sitting and listening to an anointed message. I could feel things. I don't even know what it was. Like Things just coming off of me. It was incredible. I gave God thanks for that. I've gone to healing and deliverance centers. What a gift. I've confessed my faults to people when it hurt my pride. I've forgiven others and myself. I have basically done everything and all that I can do to be the most (laughs) healed and delivered as far as I have revelation of. And after hearing all of that, you know, you might say, wow, your life must have really been a mess. And I would say to you, no. I've had a good life. I've had a great life parents who love me and support me and, you know, college and I've traveled the world. Like I've, you know, I've done these things. I've had successes. I, I love my family. And, it, and, you know, what that shows me and what that tells me is, is that it's not just about the big bad traumas. It's about the small things. It's about the daily things. And it's the Lord's desire for you because he loves you. I think this would be a good time for me just to uh, wrap up here. I, I feel like, I just feel the Lord's pleasure that something has been planted here. Some of you are pulling on this really hard. Some of you are getting revelation. Some of you are being delivered while you are sitting here. I believe just from what I've heard this morning and what the Lord has shared, that 
there are going to be, there's going to be a work of deliverance in this house. I prophesy that. I prophesy that. What a gift. What a gift. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Riley, would you like to come and pray for us? I'd like to ask our um, altar ministry teams to go ahead and, and get in place here. And um, in, in a moment, Stephanie will come down uh, here in the altar area as well. I'll be down over here in the altar area. And we, we want to uh, be a, a not, a, not a, just a house like a building of prayer. We want to be a people of prayer. So we're offering prayer today. And it could be something else, not related to the message, um, something else going on in your life, or you pray for healing. But we do want you to wait on the Lord here, on the Deliverer, Jesus, before you uh, go out and get some pictures and go to a mother's gathering somewhere and, and have a great day. We want you to wait on the Lord here because His presence wants to set us free. And, and, and I appreciate Stephanie being, you know, honest in the stories. And, but it can be small things. Maybe something you haven't brought this to the Lord as, as he as your deliverer in this. That you, you viewed it in a different light or something. And so we want you to just wait on the Lord here. Stephanie, why don't, why don't you do a, a prayer of deliverance first? Okay. And then I'll, I'll pray as well. Okay. Father God, we just thank you for your word that has gone forth in this place. Lord, I thank you that you sing songs of deliverance over us and that you are a patient father and that you are just waiting for the opportunity for us to come to you in a new way, in a humble way in a way that says, not my will, but yours be done. The Lord wants to prepare us. I just heard that song. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Thank you, Lord. You are preparing your people. This is a preparation. It is a necessary preparation for the war ahead, for the days ahead in our homes, Lord, for, just for life, for us to be your ministers, your vessels in the earth. Lord, help us be the greatest reward the greatest blessing to our family, to our churches, to our communities by being your delivered and healed people. Lord, make us the most healed generation. Start in us, Lord. Thank you, God. Is Psalm 118 it says that the right hand of the Lord is valiant and his right hand cuts off the enemy surrounding us and so myself and the prayers and the faith of the people we believe Lord right now your right arm of the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ cuts off demons of darkness in Jesus name breaks the strongholds of darkness and demons right now in Jesus name thank you Lord the right arm of the Lord is victorious is valiant is strong and, and we take authority you have authority in the name of Jesus let's we're, we're praying together folks we're in unity right now 
that our faith is together in the name of Jesus you are set free hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord the other thing I want to pray is is this thing about lies and, and deceptions in our mind and that that Lord you, you instruct us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ so Lord give us that discerning of spirits and that 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 thought of doubt the thought of fear the thought of of uh, inferiority and uh, it's not humility it's it's inferiority it's a putting down it's a condemnation lord god we take a captive these thoughts in the name of jesus by the authority of christ and we say you don't have stronghold and i'm gonna change the way i speak and change the way i i think about this this area whatever that area is that's a lie identified it as lie. we're taking down lies right now in Jesus name we're recognizing them and we're taking them down and they're going to stay underneath your feet you're going to I'm, they're going to stay there they're going to want to try to climb up get back in your mind and be the ruling agent in that area of your life that you're praying about but you're saying no I'm going to it's it Jesus Christ is victorious it's going to stay under my feet and that's where Satan and his lies are going to stay and as I think and pray and talk and speak, I'm going to speak the truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we just sing that song that Stephanie was talking about real quickly? Sure, sure. It totally works with what we're playing right now. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Let's sing it together. Lord, prepare me. Yes, Lord, purify us. Hallelujah. Pure and holy, tried and true. Purify us, O Lord. Purify us. Deliver us, O Lord. a prayer God wants and is answering. That's a prayer He is answering right now. He wants to.